everyone. It's good to see you this morning. I'm uh, really glad you're here with us at Church in the Valley. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be we're going to be starting a a new series called "The Reason for Me," and we're going to be looking at our purpose and meaning in life. Uh, we've taken a few weeks to kind of look at that from different angles and different aspects. And uh, what I want to do to start us off for today is watch a clip. There's a there's some folks that went around and they did some street interviews in New York. And they just ask people about the meaning of life. So let's take a look. Let's take a look at that. Um, well, <clears throat> I can't find one. I don't know. I never thought about. I really don't know. Sometimes I, I think maybe it's to, to, to get it right. I think it's very fluid. But I think the purpose of life basically is to contribute to society in the best way you know how. Raise a family, have grandchildren. Make the planet a better place than it was previously. Connect with something that's bigger than yourself. To glorify God on a daily basis and to essentially work to um, kind of become our best selves that we can and fulfill that potential that God gave us when he created us. One, to be happy and to and to make happy the people you have around and to tell them how much you love them. Maybe just helping another person. If I can help one other life, then that would fulfill my purpose. My belief is that I was created to worship Allah, or if that's the Arabic word for God. To live like a good life and just leave some sort of mark on history and just have somebody remember me. Do our best to get to heaven is bring as many people as we can with us. Pursuing what you really want to do. There's not really a specified meaning or a specified purpose. <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts out there <clears throat> as to what the meaning of life is. In fact, it can be really hard to get your hands around and really hard to figure out. And it's something I think it's a question that's on all of us is like why do we exist? Why do we exist? There's a lot of uh if you just do a quick book search on the internet, you'll find a lot of a lot of books that uh, do you guys hear the ringing like I do? I thought it was just me. Sorry. Uh, is there any, is there any way we can get that? Is it good? Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'll keep going. We're going to try to fix that for you guys. Um, if you do a quick book search, you can, you can see, uh, that a lot of people look at this question from a lot of different angles. And, uh, in fact, go on the screen, you can take a look. There's, uh, there's a book, you know, are you living or just existing? You know, just different ways people take a look at this. Um, the meaning of human existence. Just a lot of books out there. Uh, your place in the universe. In fact, the subtitle is Understanding Our Big Messy Existence. Just, you know, just, just trying to figure things out. All of us are trying to figure things out, as we saw in that clip. And then the last, another book, just A Never-Ending Quest, Levels of Human Existence. You know, a lot of people just, some people spend a lot of time trying to figure this thing out. And, the, what you need to figure it out, though, is the right is the right starting point, the right vantage point. Uh, right, so right now uh, on the screen, I'm going to pull up another book. There's a book published in in 2002. It became really incredibly popular by Rick Warren. It was called The Purpose Driven Life. Really good book. Um, the book really struck a nerve uh, with our society as a whole and with with a lot of people. Uh, there's just it really connected, I think, where people were really at. People trying to figure out like. What is what is the purpose of life, and how do I engage with it? And I know at work there were, at the time there was a, there were a lot of people I knew that bought this book and actually started some discussion groups. Spent a lot of time thinking about this book, 
Uh, some of them were uh, followers of Christ. Some of them weren't. But there's just this fundamental need in all of us, just like, you know, why are we here? And that, that book was on the New York seller, uh, top seller list for like almost two years. It's kind of an incredible response for that book. And what, what Rick Warren tried to do in that book is just try to capture what the Bible says about why we exist, our purpose, and really how to live out that purpose uh, in our everyday life. It's a very good book, and I really recommend it. Uh, I'd like to show just a picture of the first page of that book. We'd be encouraged we're not going to go through all 300 and some odd pages. Um, but on the first page of that book, the very first line, it says, it's not about you. And that's a very profound statement. And that the, the issue, I think, with f- trying to find our reason for our existence is most people, they start with that premise is that it is all about me because it's me. I'm like right here in the center. And... uh but you and I, we're really not the starting point. If we're going to find out, like, why we're here, it's not, we're not the starting point for that question. In fact, the chapter title is, it, it all starts with God. And there's something about when we hear that, it all starts with God, it kind of resonates with us. And it's like, yeah, you know, there has to be, there has to be someone who actually put this into motion, really made this happen. And there's actually a quote on that first page by an atheist philosopher uh, named Bertrand Russell. And it says, Unless you assume a God, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. Because you really can't get to the question of life's purpose without really there being a God that really pulls it off. It's really interesting that that quote would come from that source. But, you know, there's all sorts of people that are really trying to find out the meaning of life, trying to find out what's uh, what's really going on and what's really purposeful. And, uh, you know, there's times when all of us can really struggle with, with that question of meaning. But it's really easy to get wrapped up in just what you're currently facing and not really give thought to the bigger questions in life. Uh, Solomon said in Proverbs 14:15, he said, a simple man believes anything, but a prudent man gives thought to his steps. You know, it's simple. I know when I was younger, I used to think, well, life's really not all that complicated. You just, if you make enough money to have all the fun you want, it's just, <laughs> it's not really that hard. And that's just kind of the way, I just had a real simple way of looking at life. And I think that's just, that's just a real common thing. We start out in life, with a, with a simple approach. And, you know, for some of us, maybe we were raised in church or we were raised with a good family that had some good beliefs and ideals, and we just kind of took those and we didn't give much thought to them. We just kind of adopted them. Or maybe maybe there's some of us that most of, we picked up most of what we believe just from like the modern-day philosophers of the day, which is like musical artists, uh, screenwriters, TV and uh, and uh, movies, just kind of like what they think. We just kind of absorbed that, really haven't given much thought to it. But what Solomon said was that the prudent person gives real thought to their steps, that really, really considers that. But it, like I said, it's really easy to just go along dealing with what's facing you currently without giving a lot of deep thought. But at some point, at some point, life and trouble find you. And you begin to realize that life really is more complicated. There really is more things going on. And you begin, it forces you to begin a lot more deeper thinking. And that's really God trying to get our attention. God really, he uses trouble to try to get our attention. And uh, sometimes it takes some stirring. But really there's a, each of us have a real deep need to know why we're here on the earth. We each of us just have a real deep need to know why we're here on the earth. Now, when I, when I was a, when I was a teenager, uh, my kids can't believe that that ever happened, but, uh, when I was a teenager, 
Um, I, I came to I came to a faith in Christ. I, I made him the boss of my life when I was 14, and for quite a while, I really I really struggled with trying to measure up with what I thought God expected of me. And so I I knew that God had forgiven me because I had accepted that with Him and made Him the boss. But then I would live a week and I would mess up and there's there's I still had this struggle with sin and I I had a hard time understanding like how to deal with that. And I think I've shared some of this in uh, in previous talks, but I, I connected with some folks in my twenties that really helped me learn how to walk with God on a regular basis and and really and just have a real relationship with Him. And he really, and it really helped me majorly uh, with that angst. But but back when I was a teenager, it was something that I just stood on, and I and it was every once in a while I would I would uh, I would really have some issues with this question, and there'd be times I'd be I, I the question I guess the the question that kind of resonated with me was why why would God create me if there was this potential that I would miss out with Him and that I would spend eternity without Him. So why, and I was struggling on that point, like, why would God even create me? And so it was, it was a real struggle that I had. And I remember sometimes laying in bed at night, trying to go to sleep and, and struggling with that and thinking, I'm going to talk to my mom in the morning. I need some, I need to talk to somebody. And then I'd get up in the morning, I'd feel different. And I didn't, and I just, it kind of went on that way for quite a while. And then as I got a little older, I began to get a lot more preoccupied with just life and the things I was trying to do and, then I went to college, and that will definitely preoccupy you. And uh, so I went to college, and I was working my way through college, and I got really focused just over a long period of time of just of just, uh, just what was facing me and just trying to get through college and get a degree so I could start making money instead of spending the money I didn't have. And then, uh, like I said, in my 20s, I got connected to some folks who really helped me really understand how to connect with God in a relational way. And I began, I remember I was in a group. I was in a small group and we were, we were talking one day and we decided that we were going to memorize something out of Psalm 139. And so we're kind of spurring each other on to memorize this. And so I wrote it down on my card and I began to memorize it. And I want to share that verse with you guys today. It's Psalm 139, 14 through 16. It's David talking to God. <clears throat> and he said, I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. You know, one thing that God is, what David was saying to God, he's saying, you know, God, I know that you created me and you made me unique. And he said, you know, when you were writing your story, when you were writing your story of what you were going to do in this world, you wrote the pages about me before I was ever born. And uh, I was a part of that story. And I remember as I was working on memorizing this verse, I was thinking about it as well. And I remember walking, I was walking from my office building up to where I parked. I did a lot of thinking between, you know, it took like 15 minutes because... If you park close, it costs ten bucks. If you park a long ways away, it costs a dollar fifty. So I had a long time to think, and so I I was walking up the hill, and uh, and I was thinking about this verse and had some of those thoughts that we just talked about, and I something hit me. I realized, and this question that I'd always had intersected that verse, <clears throat> and I realized 
I realized that the reason, the reason that God created me is because He wanted me. And I never, I never really had that thought before <clears throat> that God wanted me. Just like my wife and I, we decided to have kids and we wanted kids. It really just, it resonated with me that, you know, the reason that God created me is because He wanted me. And it just, it was a game changer for me. It changed my whole way. It was just a major step on the way of just my relationship with God, just knowing how much He, He really cared about me and how much He really wanted me. And the, you know, one of the reasons that we, that we exist is because God wanted us. He wanted you and He wanted me. That's one of the big reasons we exist. Um, he wanted one of us. Another, another reason as we go on, another reason that we exist <clears throat> is that, that God really wants us to seek Him. He really wants us to enter into a relationship with us. He really wants us to seek Him out. Uh, at the very beginning, when God first created the, the world, uh, there was the, the first couple. They really enjoyed a very close relationship with God. If you read Genesis with Adam and Eve, it says they walked in the garden with him. They they kind of, they hung out with him. They they just kind of talked about things, and then uh, then they chose to rebel and they violated some of the boundaries that God had set up. And they just created this distance between them and God, and it separated them. And we all of us have have also done exactly the same thing. And we with the sin in our lives, we've really created a separation between us and God. And so now we have to seek for Him to find Him. There really is that separation. We have to seek for Him to find Him. I want to look at uh, Psalm 53 real quick. It says, God looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. One, 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 one thing that's saying is that God is really, he's, he's looking and he's watching for people that really want to seek after him. He's really desiring it. He's waiting for it. He's ready to really engage when that happens. The good news is, is that he really wants us to find him and really desires that we really have a personal relationship with him and uh, that he really wants to really connect with us. So I, I'd like to move on to another passage. And this is where, what God said to the nation of Israel in the book of Jeremiah. I'd like to look at Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. God says this. He says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You know, God, God has real plans. He real plans and purposes, real plan and purpose for our lives. He really wants us to engage with that. But he usually needs to get our attention first before we really seek him. And the context of this passage is the, the nation of Israel had for hundreds of years been, as a nation, been Walking away from God, kind of moving away from God. And so God said, I'm about ready to do something and I'm going to, I'm actually going to get your attention. And then when I get your attention, this, I want you to remember this is that I have real plans for you and a real purpose for your life and a real future and a hope for you. And that when you decide and you follow and you decide to search after me with all your heart, I'll really meet you right there and I'll really listen. There's a real promise there. He says, I'll listen to you and I'll let you find me when you seek for me with all your heart. And so, you know, finding and connecting with him is really our biggest need. And it's something that he really, he really wants us to connect to. And he uses trouble in our lives to get our attention. 
And then, uh, you know, when your, when your heart truly reaches out to God, when your heart truly reaches out to Him, then He responds without fail. And, uh, He's really waiting for that. He really, He responds to you. And He really finds you. And He lets you find Him. So then as we move on, this, this idea of seeking after God, there was a time when, there was a time when Paul in, uh, the New Testament, he was in the, he was in the, uh, the country of, uh, Athens, or he was in the city of Athens. And he was talking to some folks that loved philosophy and they loved talking about the meaning of life. And they were very religious. They had an altar set up to every God that they, that they were aware of. And they even had one set up to the unknown God because they wanted to cover all their bases. And, uh, Paul comes up and he says, I'd like to talk to you guys about this unknown God. And he starts laying out some things about this unknown God. And he gives a very famous speech. In fact, if you, if you were to go to this place in Athens, there's actually a plaque there that has this speech on it now. But let's look at uh, Acts 17. Just look at a portion of this. Acts 17, 26 to 28. He said, from one man, and he says he, meaning God, from one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. A few takeaways is that, you know, God is just very close to us. He's, he's right there. Uh, that, that phrase, for in him we live and move. And another, another uh, translation says that we live and move and exist. It's like he, he is controlling things. He is in charge of things. He's actually created. He's holding things together. And we live right in the middle of that. And he's like right there. We can really, con- he's close to connect with. Uh, and then another, another thing really out of this is that he says he, he puts us on this planet in a specific place. You know, that we're not, uh, it's not an accident that we're where we're at. Like, or it's not an accident that we were born where we were on this planet and where we're living now. That's just not an accident. We're right where he wants us to be. And, but he's, what he wants is as we live our lives and we become aware of, uh, of really who he is, we begin to be aware that something's really missing and that we need to reach out and perhaps reach out and find him. And there's, there's, for all of us, there's this, there's this void in our lives. It's a, it's a God-shaped void that we really need him to fill. And he really hopes that, that we'll really search out for him to fill that void. But as we, uh, because of the way people are and the way we are, is a lot of times we try to take other things and try to fill that void up with them instead of him. Uh, we, maybe it's other people. We look at our family or, uh, or friends or someone of importance. We try to fill, try to, try to get what we need from other people. Uh, maybe it's just vacations and enjoyment and fun. You know, our, our family, we loved going to Disneyland and we took big trips across the United States, driving across the United States, but just, you can try to take something just as fun experience and try to make that fill up the void. Or you can, you know, try to create perfect environments, like a perfect retirement scenario where you're just taken care of for the rest of your life or, or maybe just your work and your accomplishments, that just your performance the, and the way you handle things and the way you get things done. You can try to take that, take yourself and try to make that kind of what you build things around and fill that void up. But when we do that, we expect way too much from people and way too much from ourselves and it really, it keeps us from really the God who really desires us. So what I want, what I do right now is I would like to watch a movie clip, and it's from a book, it's from a movie uh, called A Mom's Night Out, which some of you may have seen it, but it's kind of a humorous, it's a humorous movie, but
but it's got some real edges of seriousness as well. But uh, it's about this mom who's she's trying to do everything right. She's trying to do everything right by her family, by her kids, her husband, her friends, her network of people she knows. And she's just she's gotten to this place where she's just completely frazzled. And she uh, her family and friends decide that she needs a night out. So they give her a night out. And actually, everything you can imagine goes wrong. You, I, it's a fun movie to watch if you want to watch it. It's fairly humorous what happens. But it's everything just falls, all the wheels fall off the cart. And finally got to the point where actually a biker gang needs to help her. Now, if you get to the place where a biker gang needs to help you, you have had a bad night. And so this scene, I think she's in a hospital because one of her friends was sick. And she's sitting there. She's talking to the leader of this biker gang. And I'd like you to just listen to this conversation, and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back. I can't. I can't get in front of it. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, I'm just I'm not enough. For who? What? Not enough for who? I mean, Sean, the kids, my mother, God, everybody, I don't know. You? Not enough for you. I was raised in church. This might surprise you, but I have since drifted from the faith. My mama worked three jobs. I never met my daddy. I had to get up early and walk to school, but I'd wait up for her. Coming home from the diner, I'd wait up every night because she'd come home and she'd put me to bed and she'd tell me something. She'd tell me the same thing every night. He loves you, Charles. No matter who you are, no matter what you do or how far you run, Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And I'd smile and go off to sleep. You know, I saw something on Pinterest the other day. It was an eagle just caring for its young. It's a beautiful thing to watch one of God's creations just doing what he made it to do. Just being an eagle. And that's enough. Y'all spend so much time beating yourselves up. Must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake. 
giving your kiddos the mama he did. So you just be you. He'll take care of the rest. I didn't know biker guys watch Pinterest, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, we're... uh, we're not enough. We're not enough to fill that void. We're uh, nothing else. Nothing else is enough. There's a there's a hole in our lives that can only be filled with God Himself, and you know. It, it, but that that void it really can't be filled until we get to know Him for who He really is, and we really get to know how He sees us, and that uh, He really cares about us. That God really loves us. He wanted us, and He actually, and He really loves us. He created us because of that. And I really like the, I really like the line. Uh, I don't normally quote biker guys, uh, but, <laughs> but I really liked what He said. His mom said, He said, "No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've run, He'll always love you with His arms open wide." And I just think that's a very powerful, very powerful truth about God <clears throat> just for being you because he wanted one of you. And, uh, you know, when, when we find God in this way and we begin to understand his love for us, then our response is really to love him in return. That's really what our response is. And, and when we when we get to that response, we we really begin to find our purpose and meaning in our life. That's That's where things kind of start for us. So when we find God, we find our purpose and we find meaning in our lives. When we find God, you know, <clears throat> I would like to look at some things that Jesus, uh, some that Jesus said. But you know, Jesus, he was constantly being challenged by by his critics, and there was a group of religious leaders and political leaders that that are always just trying to trip him up. And in Matthew twenty two, there's a it's a really interesting chapter in that. In the four biographies that are about Jesus' life, it captures several of these challenges that people came up to him with. And he met each of these challenges with real brilliant answers until finally they just quit trying to catch him with anything because he was just so brilliant. But I like to look at the third challenge, this third challenge they brought up to him, and that is in Matthew 22, 34 through 40. It just says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost, great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. You know, Jesus, he, he answers his critics with his amazing answer, and he uncovers the heart of really what God wants us to be about in our lives. Covers the real heart of what that is. He, he answered the question, but then he expanded it, and he said there's, there's, there's more going on. Uh, he said we need to love God, and we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. And he said that, that those two commandments, it, it, everything in the law and the prophets, every, every command that was in the Old Testament, hangs on those two things and that you can boil those things down. 
And those two commands, they're really, they're really connected to each other. In fact, you know, Jesus said, the second is like it. It's, it's, uh, you need to talk about them in the same, in the same time because they really are connected with one another. Uh, kind of the way it's connected is in 1st John chapter 4, uh, one thing John says is that we have come to know and have believed the love that God has for us. And then a little while later he says, we love him because he first loved, loved us. It's as we get connected to really, we see God and we get to know him and who he really is and what his love is for us, then our response is really to love him in return and we begin a real relationship with him. And in the midst of that relationship, our needs are really met and our hearts are turned outward towards other people. Our hearts are turned outward towards other people and we begin to really love them with the way that he's loved us. And it's kind of like if you, if you were to take just like your daily relationship with God, if you, if you were into a relationship like this where you saw him out and he, and you guys began to really connect, then you would, you would see the kind of a, kind of a cycle. It would be, be kind of like, uh, more and you'll become more and more convinced of God's love for you. And it would really lead you to really respond to him and love him. And then as you did that, it would turn your heart out and you'd begin to really love the people around you, the people you're connected to. And then the next day, you get, you wake up and you connect with God relationally and you become more and more convinced of his love for you and you begin to love him even more. And then it really turns your heart out to other people and you get into this cycle, this rhythm of life that really, uh, it really makes a difference. And what loving other people is just a direct result of loving God. Because when you love God this way, the result is really that you love other people. And if each day we were to we were to ask, how can I show love to God and show love to other people around my lives? Then we would find that our lives become filled with more and more meaning and purpose. That really is where our meaning and purpose comes from, is in that loving God and loving other people. But as we you know, as we begin to want to do that and connect with that, there's there's Lower priority purposes that really pull at us. They're pulling at us all the time. Um, you might be at work. You, there's all kinds of things at work that can pull at you and you can focus on trying to just get that thing done at work and kind of devote most of your time and energy to it. It could be at home. At home, sometimes it's hard. You lose all focus sometimes. There's so many things that have to happen. It's like, where do I start? Well, I could do this, but I need to be doing that. Well, I could do those things, but what about that thing? And you can, you can really lose your focus. Uh, just in the home. So you, it's something you gotta, you really gotta watch out for. It could just be busyness, uh, money and worry. Uh, just, it's easy to think that if I had enough money, it would really bring me peace. So you kind of focus on trying to get money. And then comfort. Just wanting things to go easier. It can be something that you really focus on. These are things that can just really kind of get in the way of that pursuit of God that we were talking about. In fact, we can kind of be like, if you guys have seen the movie Up, uh, it's kind of like that little dog who, you know, they give him a little thing he can talk, and someone says, squirrel, <laughs> and he's gone. You know, he could be like, he could be trying to save the world, and all of a sudden, squirrel, he's gone. It's really easy to get distracted from what really matters. And so, as I, as I close today, um, really to, to combat those distractions that are around all of us, is, uh, is really just make it a priority to seek God. Make it a priority to seek God in your life. And that would involve just a one-time decision to put your relationship with God into your schedule. 
just a one-time decision. I'm going to pursue God and I'm going to do it consistently because I really need to know how He views me and I really want to live for Him with purpose. And so just spending consistent time with God in the Scripture and just relating to Him and listening to Him is is absolutely huge and finding that place of meaning and purpose in your life. And just remember this. Remember that He created you because He wanted you and that He loves you very much. And then he created you also to, to know and love him in return. He really, that's, that's a big part of our existence is just to be in relationship with him. And that he really wants us to love other people in our world just as he would, just as he does. He wants us to love the people around us. In fact, this series, as we go through this series, we're going to be looking at how to love God and love people in just practical ways. That's where we're headed. And so with that, I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and come back up. And uh, we'll, we'll go through some next. We'll go through some next steps, how you could respond. And then, uh, if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, you can go ahead and finish filling that out and drop it in the offering bucket when it comes by. But maybe, maybe for you this morning, maybe a next step would just be to make it your number one priority to seek and find God. Maybe that's something you really haven't done. And then maybe for you, maybe just to seek to know God better each day, and just live for His purpose. Maybe that'd be a next step. And then attending this, this, the rest of this series, that could be something that you could do. And if God has spoken to you about something else, please move forward on that and put that into practice. With that, let me pray. Dear God, Father, uh, we're just very grateful to you for your involvement in our lives. Thank you, God, for creating us, for wanting us, for loving us. And I just pray, God, that we, you'd really use us for your purposes this week. In Jesus' name, amen.